friends, Derek here. Welcome to Solo BG Podcast. This is episode number 49 and I'm very excited. We're almost on episode 50. If this is your first time in the podcast, well, as like always, well, not like always because this is your first time, but anyway, welcome. And in this podcast, we talk about solo and cooperative board games, but also once per month, we talk about a game that you cannot play solo or cannot, com- or you can play cooperative but not solo, mainly a competitive game, uh, and that's solo with friends. So it's also once a month. This is a weekly episode, and sometimes, sometimes we do a specials like when we go to Gen Con or when we go to conventions or when we have some designers for an interview or publishers or we are announcing a Kickstarter or a pre-Kickstarter or a post-Kickstarter or whatever. We do special episodes once in a while. And this time for episode 49 is a very special one because it's the Essen special one, the Essen Spiel, that is the biggest convention, at least in Europe. Uh, it's, it's at the same level uh, like Gen Con. Some, some people will say, like, well, it's bigger than Gen Con. Some other people will say, like, well, Gen Con is bigger than the Essen. Uh, so, you know, they're very different. I haven't, I haven't been in, Gen, in Essen. I'm sorry, it's one of my bucket list. I have been in five, six Gen Cons already. Uh, but anyway, uh, you know, it's in my bucket list to go to Essen. But my friend Mark Dainty from Notboard Gaming, which is a very, a very nice YouTube channel. You should check it out. Uh, Not Board Gaming by uh, Mark Dainty. He was the four days over there in Germany at Essen. We record this interview uh, on November, which at the time of this recording or at the time that I'm recording this intro is the same time that the episode is going on air, which is December the 1st of 2019. We record this, uh, we record this interview probably, we recorded the interview, I'm sorry, about two weeks ago. Hope you enjoy it. We talk about Essen, we talk about different games. Uh, the games that he was ex- he was excited about. We also talk a little bit about his channel, what is Notboard Gaming. Also, the story, which is a very nice and inspiring story of Mark, that how he became a board gamer, and you know he reached out to me probably about six months, probably four, five six months ago, and he he reached out to me because he was a listener of the podcast, and that's how our friendship started, and you know, and now. We did an episode together about Essen. I hope you enjoy it once again. And then next episode, which is episode number 50, you don't want to miss it out because I had the opportunity to interview one of the biggest content creators out there for solo gamings. And he has a very famous channel in YouTube. He's probably the most famous solo gaming uh, content creator uh, slash playthrough games, unboxing, kickstarters. Also, all those things. I'm pretty sure at this point you know or you have any suspicion of what I'm talking about. Also, I want to say congratulations to Bryce Henderson. He was the lucky winner of our giveaway of November, which he was multi-universum uh, by Dyson Boards. Uh, you know, every month we're going to be doing a giveaway. We have a giveaway for December as well. So you should follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at SoloBG Podcast because... Usually, that's where you can, you know, you, that's where you can see the giveaway contest, and you can tag your friends and share the posts and all this stuff. So anyway, follow us on our social media once again at Solo BG Podcast, the three of them: Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And you can reach out to me to my email, which is solobgpodcast at gmail.com. And enjoy. This is as an episode number forty-nine, almost on the fifty. I hope you enjoy. I hope you like it. Please, uh, I would like to hear your feedback as well. Comment on Facebook, I'm always very active, and that's it. Let's see 
what Essen brings to our speakers or headphones. The episode is starting in 3, 2, 1. Welcome to Solo BG, your podcast for solo and cooperative board games. Here you will find everything you need to know about your favorite and most recent games. Art, rules, gameplays and interviews. Here is your host, Derek Rodriguez. Hey friends, hello again, Derek here from Solo BG Podcast. And now, like I told you on the introduction, I'm very happy because this is a very special episode again. Episode 49, we're very close to the 50, and good things are coming for the podcast. Like, like tonight, or this evening, or this morning, depends on where you're listening and what time it is. And this is the Essen episode, like I told you before. And I'm very happy because I have a very, very, very special guest, a good friend of mine that he was in Essen 19. We will talk about the Essen, we will talk about the fair. Probably you know him already from some amazing videos over there on YouTube where you can watch him playing solo games, which is, is what we love, but I'm with my friend Mark Dainty. He is here live with us. Mark, how are you tonight or this evening or this morning? I'm very good. Thank you, Derek. It's very much in England. It's very much this evening. I think uh, where you are, it's possibly around about 10 past six in the evening. And here yeah. in England, it's 10 past 11 at night. So the uh, the rest of the family is fast asleep in bed at the moment. Okay, so we are, we are in, in, good, in good mood already. And here, Absolutely. yeah, here, here in Indianapolis, Indiana, it's already 6.15, kind of at this time of the recording. But yep. it's it's crazy dark outside, you know, with the <laughs> new, with the new uh, I, get the, I guess they call it like the winter uh, schedule, I guess, when they change the hour. I don't know if they do the same in Europe. Yeah, but, daylight savings. Yeah, yes. Yeah, daylight, exactly. So it's crazy dark already. It was, I was actually driving with my wife a little bit ago, coming home, and, and I was like, man, it's only like 5.45 p.m. or something, and it's crazy dark. It looks like... 9 p.m. on the summer already. So, yeah, but, I, I think with work, uh, you know, this time of year, you, you know, you don't really get to see that much of the daytime, do you? Let's face it, it's generally just you wake up in the dark, you come home in the dark, and that's it. So we become nocturnal at this time of year. Yeah, but but I need to say that this is probably the best time or my favorite time to play games. I love this weather, like the winterish and snow outside. Even if at this moment, exact moment, it's not snowing here in, here in Indianapolis, Indiana. But, you know, we, we already got some snow and I know we're going to get more snow in the uh, in the future months. And that's for me the perfect weather to be inside, you know, very cozy and rolling some dice and being getting immersive in more epic games. So how is the weather already right now in England? Is it cold? Oh, it's, it, it's cold. Yeah, I think today uh, it was around about, uh, God, we work in... Uh, different uh, degrees in Celsius, don't we? So it was around about two degrees here today. So I don't know what that is in uh, in, in what you guys use over there. So it was just above freezing here today. Uh, but yesterday, I think it got down to about minus, minus six, minus seven in the evening. Uh, so yeah, the frost is coming, but we haven't had any snow as of yet. Okay, so so probably two degrees Celsius will be like here in, in US, uh, we use the Fahrenheit. I'm very familiar with the Celsius because that's what we used in Mexico. Of course. Uh, but it's it's like uh, probably uh, I would say around 35 uh, Fahrenheit degrees, and uh, you yeah. know it's it's very cozy weather as well just to play to play games. But anyway, Absolutely. we talk about we're gonna talk about games, of course. That is why our our amazing listeners and friends are here to hear us talk about games, to hear us talk about Essen, which you recently were there. 
but before before I want to jump into Essen, uh, Mark, I would like for all the amazing listeners, which I'm pretty sure most of you amazing friends already know Mark from his content from Not Board Gaming. But I want you, Mark, to tell us a little bit about you. How do you got into games? A little bit of your background as a gamer. If you want to also share your life, that would be great. And tell okay. us a little bit about your, your channel, your YouTube channel, which, by the way, congratulations, because I know that recently you reached that uh, your, one of your first goals as a subscriber's numbers, and your content is great. I definitely recommend you to all of you amazing friends to go and check out more gaming because it's great. So anyway... Tell us, Mark, tell us a little bit about everything, basically. Everything. Wow. Okay. So, well, yeah, absolutely. Thank you very much, first of all, on uh, the congratulations for the channel. So, yes, it's uh, not board gaming as a channel, uh, as a solo board gaming focused channel. It's been in existence since August. And literally, as of earlier this week, we I passed the, uh, the 500 subscriber mark. And I think it's around about 520 now. So, That's I've got great. it in my head. Yeah. Th yeah, thank you. Thank you. I've got it in my head that kind of within six months, I could get to 500 subscribers. Um, so, yeah, what I tend to do on the channel is offer more in depth looks at uh, the solo games that I play. So, there may be an element of discussing why the game is personal to me you know i tend to buy most of the games that i review so therefore it has to grab me uh to make me want to purchase the game so yeah. there's an element of that there's discussion on the box and the contents but then of course there is an overview of gameplay and then my thoughts on whether it works or whether it doesn't for me so they tend to be fairly in-depth and fairly long now that's not for everybody absolutely i know that a lot of people tend to like kind of 10 or 15 minute reviews and i think my most recent review for tainted grail uh and the, including the the whole kind of preamble and the unboxing and the gameplay discussion clocked in at 58 minutes so i do like to do in-depth because i think people are paying a lot of money for games sometimes and therefore they deserve to understand how it affects them as a solo player so that's a little bit about not board gaming the channel Mm -hmm. As for me, um, so yeah, so uh, Mark Dainty, I'm 49 in about a month's time. So on the 22nd of December, <laughs> I'll be 49. Oh, uh, you're from I'm December as well. That's great, yeah. you know. That's <laughs> three you know, days. That's what, three days before, two days before Christmas. No, three days before Christmas. Three days. Right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. So, yeah, yeah. How do you deal with that? You know, it's, it's hard because I have also some friends that they have their birthdays like very close to Christmas. And sometimes it's like tricky because... People, they just want to give you one gift, and that's not fair. <laughs> you right? know what? I, I think if, if anybody's willing to give me any gifts, then I'm, I'm happy with that. So whether I get one or two, I, I'm not really bothered about that. So <laughs> uh, as long as uh, as long as people say happy birthday, then that's absolutely fine. So yeah, so yeah, I'm 49 next month. I'm uh, I'm married to Neve. I uh, have two gorgeous daughters, uh, Laliki, who's 15, and Anushka, who's literally just turned uh, 13 as well, and, and a wonderful dog called Bubba. So I live in uh, in Sheffield field in the north of england um uh -huh. which is as uh, you know as, as we was discussing earlier um sean bean from game of thrones is from sheffield so if the accent sounds a little bit familiar it's because we're from uh, the same the same kind of city okay uh, and yeah and uh, and yeah my journey into board games has been relatively new um i'm a lifelong video gamer uh, you know so and console player so from the very early days in the 80s when i had a, a, a zx sinclair zx81 and then a Sinclair Spectrum and a Commodore 64 and then moving on to things like the Nintendo and the Super Nintendo I've always played video games however however that changed kind of back end of uh, back in the last year early part of this year 
Um, I uh, towards the back in the last year, kind of late summer, early early autumn or fall uh, last year, I'd, I'd been ill and I'd had a, a, a bout of cold and swollen glands, and then I found that a gland hadn't been going down just underneath my jaw. So being a typical man, I didn't actually do anything about it for yeah, a few weeks. Of course. You know, you know yeah. Same, yeah. Yeah, of but then, you know, I'm in that age bracket, so I decided to go to the doctors to find out what was happening. And they uh, uh, and after a few tests, they found out that I'd got a tumour uh, in my salivary gland, which is in my parotid gland. But at the same time, they, they fa- also found out that I'd also got extremely high blood pressure, which I didn't know about you know i'm i'm kind of you know coming towards my 50s now slightly overweight but relatively fit i i run you know i keep healthy and active i eat the right kinds of foods but my blood pressure was seriously seriously high so whilst they were doing all the tests on the tumor i also had to get the blood pressure under control and my doctor was very specific um because i work at my job uh tends to take me away from home for kind of two to three nights a week i, I live in sheffield and i work in london which is kind of 200 miles away so i stay there and i tend to work kind of 50 hour weeks 50 and 60 hour weeks and he said you need to find a way to relax so because of that uh you know i'd done video games and da 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 and i just thought i stare at a computer or i'm in meetings all day looking at various screens and i wanted to do something which kind of um kept my brain focused and active but uh you know t- took me away from the electronic kind of devices so okay i decided that board games was going to be the way forward for me and I did research onto it, yeah, and decided that this was going to be the perfect way to actually keep my mind active, but also help me forget about what was going on outside of board games, if you like, outside of playing a game, and and just have some proper me time. Yeah, and and, and I was going to ask, I'm not even going to ask how it's been working for you, uh, because it seems like it's been working great, you know, I mean, with now with your channel and everything. And before we keep going, I want to share with all of you amazing friends and listeners um, you know how how I met Mark. It was a very nice and unique, uh, I guess, story. And I wanna I wanna tell you how happy I feel now that I know. I guess I'm gonna spoil some of the listeners, but now I know that you had a surgery recently, and I know that uh, your tests came back very positive and everything yes. is fine. So that's great. I'm so happy that's right. for you, my friend. I'm pretty sure. Thank you. A lot of people are very happy for you as well. And one, like always, you know, I'm listening listeners, I'm always uh, posting, I'm very active in Instagram and Facebook, you know, uh, for the podcast and posting pictures and things like that. And one of these, one day, if I don't remember incorrectly, Mark, uh, I think you, you tagged the podcast as, you know, one of the podcasts that you listen to. Uh, and then I don't remember if it was that first or, or the time that you, that you uh, sent me a private message and you told me your story. And I was very moved about, um, you know, how after all that, you were still dedicating sometimes to podcasts and especially my podcast. Absolutely. Uh, so I, I feel very, very flattered. And I want to I wanna tell you that I'm feel, I feel very happy that everything is working great in your life. And, and thank you enough for listening to Solo BG because that motivates me as well to keep doing more content. And after, after saying that, after that being said, um, you know, so now we, we know how you got into board games, but you took it very seriously, which I'm glad as well, because now with the, with the channel and everything, and it's nice that you're choosing or you're picking the games that you want to that you wanna share, uh, because that's, that's a very important part also for us as, a, as a gamers, as a fans, as, as a content searchers around the internet and YouTube and podcasts and all kinds of sources of media. 
you know, it's very it's very different when you when you follow certain reviewers or certain uh, like I said, uh, content creators that they had to review because they received the games. Like sometimes, like I receive games, but I always tell you, amazing friends, you know, like if I'm gonna record it, if I'm doing this episode review, is because I received this game. The publishers they were very kind, but I all, always try to be, uh, you know, as honest as possible and tell you my thoughts. But sometimes you have, uh, you know, content creators out there that because they received the games, they feel a little bit with the pressure of, you know, yeah. I need to talk a little bit good about this game because in that way I can receive more and things like that. But the fact that you do it with the games that you like and just like 99% of my games as well, that I had to spend my money on Kickstarter, that I had to spend my money on Amazon, that I have to spend my money on my favorite local gaming stores, that give, give you a huge plus because, you know, that also tells that the, the, the content that we're watching it's as honest, it's 100% honest because it's what you like or you don't like without being holding by any pressure of, from a publisher or designer or so forth, don't you think? I agree wholeheartedly. I think, you know, it's very important. As I say, you know, we, we are in a position where we get to be a, a, a mouthpiece uh, yeah. and we get to pass our views on. I think it's, it's very important that those views are honest. So if people are going to part with... 40 50 60 dollars or maybe upwards of that into the hundreds of dollars sometimes then they need to understand from our perspective whether we think it's worth it whether it appeals to us and we have to be honest about that absolutely yeah 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 no i do agree and and like like you said i mean it's not only not only the, the money that a lot of us pay for for the game is also the waiting on the kicks because right now kickstarter is the, <laughs> the main source you know of course and, and, it, and yeah. it's great because we have amazing independent designers that they can bring projects to life like my good friends from here from Indianapolis, the Salder brothers with their new hour of need campaign and sure. you know, before Street Masters, Brook City, Alter Quest. And then you have also uh, very nice and very uh, fun publishers like Rock Manor Games and, and now like Awaken Realms that those projects, they probably couldn't be possible if it wasn't through Kickstarter. So that's Absolutely. great. But not, not, not only the huge amount of money, like you're saying that we're spending on those projects, also the time that we have to wait yeah. in order to get those games so i, and I also i think sorry I was just, also i think the time that we then invest in the game when we when we buy it you know it takes hours to learn a game and to play a game and you know you yeah. want to make sure that that time investment is also worthwhile as well yes so so i think that's why it's very important and i'm very happy that things or projects like not board gaming or in this case the project that i do with all my heart and passion solo vg podcast are out there because you know it's like you said I mean, I'm I'm pretty sure as you're in the same position like me that we, there's no sponsorship, there's no uh, uh, you know any kind of strain or something that makes you uh, pressure to talk good or bad about a certain game. You just speak from your heart, you speak from your experience, and Absolutely. in that way you can help more people in case if the project is uh, released again for a second edition or if it hits the stores. Well, now amazing friends, probably you have a little bit of more, I guess, uh, you know advices if you want to call it like that in yeah. order for, to see if a game will work for you or it won't work for you uh, but anyway so that's that's the intro i guess we talk about you know your, your channel <laughs> and we i talk a lot i share a little bit about more about solo bg podcast and we talk about life which is amazing it's good to be alive it's good to be happy we are absolutely in a perfect in a perfect time in my opinion to be alive because we have uh, the best uh, superhero comics on the on the movie theaters. We have the best uh, TV shows around, which we're gonna talk towards the end of the show, of the episode. Uh, we have the best games around, of course, like new games, new ideas, new designers, new publishers, more immersiveness, 
And, you know, before, even, we're not going to go too long away in the past, probably two or three years ago, or even probably one year ago, even the solo gamer, we were following that stigma of a weird, like you, and even today, like when I shared to some people like, oh yeah, I play solo. They're like, look, giving you this weird look. Yeah. Like, what do you mean you play solo? And, and non-gamer people, I guess they picture yourself like playing Monopoly around the table and just rolling dice like crazy. Uh, but when it's, when when they realize that it's not like that, either through yeah. our content or through their self-experience with games, they realize that it's something big, something different, and something that is growing like crazy, which is good. It's good that yeah, now... Absolutely. It's, it's, it's good that now it's weird, the game that you don't see with a solo variant. But anyway, Mark, we're going to talk about Essen, Essen Spiel. Essen. How was Essen, my friend? Essen was, was, was very, very tiring, to tell you the truth. I mean, it's the first uh, kind of uh, multi-day um, board game exhibition I've been to. I've been down to the UKGE just for one day in May. So that's the UK Games Expo. Uh, uh-huh. in Birmingham in the UK so that was literally you know within a few months of getting into the hobby but Essen itself was was big it was sprawling it was tiring it was full to the brim it was wonderful it was wonderful so <laughs> let, <laughs> yes we, we're going to talk about all the aspects of Essen and we're going to talk about little things from Essen as well and big things from Essen so anyway in case of any of you amazing friends and listeners do not know what Essen is, which I don't think that's the case. Anyway, we're going to do a little bit of review and tell you a little bit what Essen is. So Essen is the international spiel stage or spiel stage. I hope I pronounced sorry, my German is too bad. Spiel, uh, often called Essen Game Fair after uh, the city where it's held, which is in Essen, Germany. And it's just like the Gen Con. It's an annual four-day board game trade fair, which I believe around the world Gen Con and Essen are the two, uh, I guess, the two hits or the two most attended conventions around. And it's uh, it's usually, it's in October. And, the you know, is usually, well, the, at least the data that we have from 2016 is that there were 1,021 exhibitors from, uh, exhibitors, I'm sorry, from 50 different nations. And I'm just going to tell, I'm just going to give you the first, the first time that the fair, you know, started, it was in 1983. Now, I will tell you the numbers of attendance from 2011 through 2019. In that way, we don't go all the way back to 1983. <laughs> but in 2011, it was 147,000. In 2012, 149,000. 2013, 156,000. And even some people today, they say that the board game is not a popular hobby. Anyway, let's hold on. We, it keeps growing. 2014, 158,000. 215, 162,000, 2016, 174, 17, 182, 18, 190, and 2019. Do you know the number, Mark? 209,000, was it? That's correct. 209,000, my friend. Crazy. That's a lot, a lot of people that they gather for board games. I was watching the videos. Uh, you know, my dream is also to go to Essen. Hopefully next year we'll see. Um, you know, but you you see the the, the crowd just like in Gen Con or, or or in a different way because both conventions I'm pretty sure that they're very different. But like when at the time that they opened the doors on the first day on Thursday, oh my God! You know, it's like everybody's running and it's like a huge crowd, like almost like in a like in a lot of the rings war or like in Game of Thrones more recently, the scene war when you see like all these different fighters, I guess, running to, to fight, you know? 
Um, yeah. But it, it's it's crazy. It's crazy. So you were there the four days, right? I was there the four days. Yeah, I wasn't quite there at 10 a.m. on the um, on the first day. I was actually looking for a parking space around about that time. Um, okay. Because I'd uh, I'd flown into Dusseldorf and then I drove up from Dusseldorf to. Uh, 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 to Essen, which is only about a 20, 25 minute drive. And I'd kind of misjudged uh, parking mm-hmm. a little bit. Yeah. And it maybe took me a while to park. And I can talk, I can give some tips on that later. But yes, I was there for the full four days. Although okay. I did leave kind of halfway through the Sunday to go back to the airport to catch my plane home. Okay. Now, how much is, how much was the pass for a four day gaming pass? It was exceptionally, exceptionally good value. It was, I think, 39 euros, which is going to be what about 45, $48, something like that. Oh, maybe? that's that that's a that's a steal, and that's that's super cheap, you know. For gang for Gen Con, I think I I I think I always pay around the 110, kind of around yep. 110 American dollars um, for the four days. Uh, yeah. And there's there's more expensive packages, you know, like you can get a day before on Wednesday to see the press release and stuff like that. The new stuff coming up from the big publishers and you need to pay some extra for that. Or if you are an exhibitor on the on the on the convention, well, you can get for free. But anyway, we're talking about Essen right now. We're going to talk about Jenko. Jenko, get out of yeah. get out of here. He's talking right now. <laughs> so let's let's start with the beginning. You 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 are from the north of England. That's correct. So yes. For, for, uh, what was your travesty? You fly from England to Germany? Did you drive? I know you'd say from Düsseldorf, but did yes. you drive through there? So, you fly or how yeah, was? So, no, I, I, yeah, I, I flew. So I, I drove down to uh, to Birmingham from where I live, which is about an hour and a half uh, mm-hmm. from where I live in Sheffield. Then it was about an hour and a half on the plane, uh, and then maybe only ten minutes from the airport where I'd hired a car to my hotel in Düsseldorf. Most people were staying, you know, who were going to the exhibition, and, and content creators and exhibitors, etc., were staying in Essen itself. But of course. They'd booked that well in advance. I'd only decided maybe six weeks before, less than that, four weeks before that I was going to go to Essen. So uh, I ended up staying in Dusseldorf and then driving up to uh, up to Essen every day. Okay, you stay from Dusseldorf to Essen. How, how long it is the drive? 20, 25 minutes, depending on the traffic. Okay, yeah, so it's not it's not too far. Yeah, of course. Most of the kind of after show things happen within Essen itself. So where I was staying in Dusseldorf, there was nobody else, I don't think, from the games industry there. Uh, yeah. But I did get to go out uh, certainly on, on one night with, with quite a few people into into Essen and, and kind of mingle with some some of the great names that were there as well. OK, and we're going to talk about that in a little bit because I want to hear all about it. But um, so it, is, is it very common? And, and I want to ask this, you know, for in case of you amazing friends one are, are interested in going next year to Essen 2020. Uh, so it's very common to, I guess, for the people to stay, I guess, I don't know how many cities are on Essen, uh, but I guess 20 to 30, 20 to 30 minutes away from Essen, because I would assume, I don't think it's, Essen is a big city, right? I would assume that probably for that time and with these numbers of attendees, um, the, the hotels in around Essen, probably they get booked up right away. So within S, yeah, I think within Essen itself, they get booked up, you know, I think they've already announced the dates for next year already yeah. and i i do believe that many of the hotels will start taking bookings now for for next year's um for next year's attendees and people want to stay there so yeah uh, i think you know the earlier that you book a hotel closer to the um uh, to the exhibition center in essen the better chance you have of actually getting there so otherwise you're moving out into different areas and dusseldorf is the next biggest city or certainly the biggest city that's near there and as i say that's a good 20 or 25 minutes drive away as well 
So I guess I guess, I guess like you say, your recommendation will be to if you're ready to go to SNX, you probably start a book right now, which we are reaching yeah. the holidays on 2019. In that way, you can get your your hotel for sure. Now the yeah. date for the new uh, SNX spiel is gonna be from October 22 to October 25th uh, of the 2020. But anyway. And now we, let's talk about the game fair, you know, because I'm very yeah. intrigued. I have never been in Essen in, in the fair. So what was your, what, you know, what, what's the first thing that you do when you attend? Like in your, in your experience, <laughs> you, it was your first Essen. And, you know, it's very unique because you just started in Borgens recently and now you're in Essen. So you start with all the energy. So what was the first thing that you did as soon as you got to Essen? Like, do you as knew already as... your, your, your plan or, or what? No, you, you see, I, I, I'd done research and everybody was talking about how you should plan your trip and how you should, you know, aim to see this, that and the other. And I had a guide and I knew which exhibitors were, you know, in which particular hall. And I don't don't think unless you have maybe a previous experience of a large exhibition that you understand uh -huh. how wide and how big these things are um yeah. so you know uh you know you walk into a, a particular hall and maybe an exhibitor that you want to see is four halls away it can take you maybe 15 or 20 minutes to walk there because you get it's far away and you're getting distracted by many things so uh -huh. i didn't actually go with a set plan I went with an idea of people that I wanted to meet and introduce myself to and people that I'd met, uh, you know, in the brief amount of time that I'd been creating content, etc. Uh, and some of the publishers. And I decided that this year was going to be more about kind of talking to people than necessarily playing lots of games uh, because okay. I just wanted to get a feel for the industry. So I did you know, play some games and obviously I had a look at a lot of games, but it, my main plan was just to go and introduce myself uh, and speak to people and just understand publishers, content creators, and just the general public, you know, just understand a little bit more about this wonderful, wonderful hobby. And what did you got from there? Like, what is your, what is your uh, perspective now after talking to publishers and, and designers and if you want to share his name that would be great absolutely you know, what, what, do you, what do you get from the experience so what i what i have it's a very humbling experience in the fact that everybody is really 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 welcoming in a way that i don't see i i work in you know my job is, is dealing in very 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 large and complex contracts and it's generally people are tripping over themselves to kind of you know get one upmanship there was none of that whatsoever from speaking and and, and dining out with some of the greats and, and, and the big names in the industry I was just blown away by how welcoming people were. People who hadn't really heard of the channel, maybe heard of it a little bit, were so kind of, you know, so warm towards me. I got lots of tips and lots of uh, advice from people. And I got the opportunity to kind of have dinner with, with, with a living legend, if you like, as well, which was just, you know, it was just absolutely amazing as well. Uh-huh. Yeah. So I was, yeah, my, my thoughts on, on Essen were not just the publishers and the content creators, but the general public as well. Everybody was exceptionally friendly. You know, people were asking you to come and join a spot at the the few gaming tables that were laid around. There, there isn't a massive gaming area where people can go and play their new purchases. Uh, but people would ask you if you were just standing around, if you wanted to play in whatever language they were, they were kind of, yeah, because obviously there's many nationalities there as well. Um, uh, so in whatever language they were speaking, there was always this warmth and this kind of, um, oh, I don't know, this camaraderie, if you like, and, and kinship. Um, that mm -hmm. We're all here to have a good time. It was just a wonderful, wonderful and warm and welcoming experience. And, I, and, I, and that's great. You know, I always say this, that I think that one of the most beautiful thing about this hobby it's actually the people because it's usually a very friendly people, like you said, very welcoming, very open to everybody. Like, it doesn't matter 
the genre doesn't matter, your beliefs doesn't matter, anything. All that it matters, it's about friendship and, and fun. And my next question was going to be that uh, you actually spoiled already if there was any any boundaries, be, uh, you know, because of the language, you know, if there was any language barriers, since I would assume that most of the of the games would, would be in German, probably, uh, but or Deutsch, but I, I think I, I think I'm wrong. Yeah, so yeah, there were some obviously strictly uh, German-speaking booths there, and, and, and strictly uh, German-speaking people. And of course, I'm being English. I'm I'm always blown away by the fact that everybody, um, <laughs> all of the nationalities, seem to make an effort to learn English, and we don't try to learn anything. And I'm I'm of the same ilk. I can you know I can speak <laughs> a few words of French and a very few words of German, and uh, and that's really really it. So the fact that if people sensed, uh, and it didn't take much for them to sense that I wasn't uh, you know I wasn't of their nationality or didn't understand German or whatever language that was in, uh, they, excuse me, they were speaking. Uh, they would make an effort to find somebody who could not if not interpret but at least then tell me what they were trying to tell me so yeah language as a purely english speaking person really wasn't a barrier at all okay that's good that's good to hear in that way you know it, it motivates because like you said i mean i have very good friends in mexico that they're also gamers but they can they can talk perfect english as well and and yeah you know that that's good i, I guess i mean it's it's true i mean uni, uh, english is still is the universal language and um, it, it's it's good that you know that even in Germany, like you mentioned, you still you will have those challenging sometimes because of course not all the words speak English, but you know the people are willing to to translate or something to to get the message through. Uh, what what were the games that you really is there were any games that you really enjoyed that you were amazed? Any Kickstarter's previews that that you got to play or at least got to see that. That you're waiting now on Kickstarter to the, for the yeah, campaign to be released. So like one of the big ones that was um, that was <laughs> there is uh, is a game called Runeljod, um, okay. which is a rune throwing game. It's got almost a modular map tile system on there, uh, but it's not big and sprawling like, say, I don't know, uh, Gloomhaven. It's uh, these map these map tiles move around and use runes, and it feels uh, well from how they were explaining it to me, it feels a very kind of episodic uh, okay. uh, campaign that you're playing. And of course, you're powering up your characters and you're going through this entire journey. And I do think that uh, Jeremy Howard on uh, from Man vs. Meeple or Jambalai Plays Games is one of his other channels, also done a playthrough of it as well. Now, I was oh, yeah. that impressed. I was, I was speaking to the uh, to the publisher while I was there and they, they showed me the minis, which were a fantastic quality. And it was on Kickstarter there and then. So I backed it more or less straight away at that point because I was so impressed with how the game works. That's Runal Jod, uh, yeah. which is a, a bit of a strange one um so that was a that was great uh, of course i also played uh, coloma which i thought was fantastic by uh, okay. uh, uh frontier games and, uh, and johnny pat canton as a, as a solo experience again i've got that now so as a solo experience it's, it's actually a really good kind of euro-ish type worker placement type game set in okay. old west town uh, that was really really good fun um and <laughs> and of course i went to meet your friends and our friend and, and, and my friend now uh, Scotty Mick from Blacklist oh, Games yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Great guy, yeah. So, yeah, so, and I got to play their next retail release, not Kickstarter release, but I got to oh, play. Oh, yeah, with we Scottie. need to talk about that. We need to talk about <laughs> it. And I, just, and I just jump out of my chair because, man, <laughs> we need to talk. You know, I need to spoil. This is, I mean, probably you haven't seen I'm going to spoil with the name that we got the game. The, I, yep. I, just like you, I grew up in video games. Um, yep. 
And, you know, definitely my one of my favorite video games from the the first Nintendo, the NES, was uh, Contra. And then yeah. from the Super Nintendo, I really enjoyed Contra. I think it was number three, uh, the one that I really enjoyed. Um, and now I, I, I knew about this because... Uh, my friends um, Adam and, and Brady they told me about it. I, I I didn't got to play test the contra, but when I played test the hour of need with Brady um, here in Indianapolis, <clears throat> then he he started talking to me a little bit about the prototype in contra and how it was going to be and all the stuff. And then I saw your pictures on Outdoor <laughs> Gaming Facebook, I think it was, yep. and you were playing contra already with Scotty Mick from Blacklist Games, and I was yeah. like. I really need to talk to Mark in the way <laughs> hear the feedback. You have ah. no idea. That's one of my most anticipated games for 2020. So tell me about it. Does it feel the same now that you play Street Masters and you got your your uh, yeah. your your you know your game? Does it play kind of the same thing or or is very different or tell us about it? So I think that, you know, uh, the thing with Contra is if you've played uh, one of the Blacklist Games games like Street Masters, you played something similar, but you haven't played Contra. So if you know how to play Street Masters, you've got an idea of how Contra plays. It's using the modular deck system. Okay. But what, or how it differs, it's, it, it's almost the very definition of a run-and-gun arcade game. It's a quick really fast action-paced game um it, you know I, I think scotty and i sat down for a for a game and we played through this level and we won in about 30 minutes and that's how oh, that's good yeah and it takes maybe less excuse me maybe less than five minutes to learn how to play the game as well it's very okay. intuitive and it's very fast-paced and you know they, they only had one scenarios and the minis that come with the game are were behind glass as uh, so we were playing with tokens but I can already tell that this is a perfect, almost a beer and pretzels game. This okay. is <laughs> this is a game that you and your friends are going to get out on. You can do it. You can play solo, of course. But you and your friends are going to get out, and you're going to have a few beers, and you're just going to have a really, really fun time playing Contra. And of course, the big thing about it as well is it's going straight to retail next year. It's not going to Kickstarter, so everybody, everybody will get the chance to play Contra uh, once it is retail. I'm very, very excited about its retail release. I think you will love it, Derek. Yeah, well, well you're telling me it's, it's already, I'm already hooked because not only the, the, the theme that I love, and once again, the modular deck system, uh, I think it has fit very well with my needs of, of uh, a solo board game because it gives you that replayability, that immersiveness, and, yeah. you know, it's, it's great. It's just great. Uh, but uh, yeah. uh, so it tells, with what you tell me right now, it has a big plus that probably Street Masters doesn't. And don't get me wrong, Street Masters is a great game, and it's actually going to be on my 10 by 10 challenge for next year. But, uh, you know, one of the, the downsides, I guess, with Street Masters is the, the player number. Because, I mean, of course you can play to the four players. But in my experience with the game, it plays or it shines better with one or two players. But definitely yeah. with one, it's probably the best way to do it. But since you said you play with Scotty, a, huge, a full scenario, uh, two players, 30 minutes, that tells me that probably if you bring it with, I don't know how many players it will be, if it will be one to four, but if it's if you're playing with four players, 
still is not going to be a lot of downtime between the turns, right? No, there, there's not. And I believe it is one to four players as well. And if you're playing solo, you would play two characters uh, because, of course, Contra had two characters. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so it's, it's one to four players. The, the downtime is minimal. You know, you, you can take um, uh, kind of simultaneous moves almost, not quite, but almost take simultaneous moves there. Uh, and because your actions, sometimes they're not sprawling as they are in Street Masters, they're more immediate and therefore... As you say, the downtime will be relatively, will be very, very small on this. Uh, even with four players, I can't see it going much above, well, depending on how much, uh, you know, on how the game goes, I can't see it going much above maybe 40, 45 minutes for a four-player game. That would be great. Now, I hope, I, I don't know if you have the, the information already, but I, I hope this game came with a, you know, the, I, w I would assume that it will come with, a, I, don't, I don't know, like nine scenarios or something like that, something around, or I don't know if it will be campaign or things like that. I have heard... Recently, from Brady, you know, with a conversation that sometimes the, the the downside of a campaign in a game is that now the games are so epic and big campaigns and things like that that honestly, once you get into the hobby, sometimes or most of the times you don't get to finish the campaigns because you're getting more <laughs> games, you're playing more games, and yeah. honestly, with one with with one big game, you will have enough like for a year. If you Absolutely. want to dedicate your time to one game, but of course you don't want to yeah. do that. You want to play more games. So yeah. now they were doing, actually, we had this conversation where we talk about Heroes of Therinaut, Um, And they did Heroes of Therinaut with a scenario base. You know, it's only like eight or nine scenarios in the box. And that's it. And hopefully there will be more expansion from Fantasy Flight. Um, but I, I think that also that doesn't mean anything bad. You know, I mean, like I said, yeah. sometimes you have these big epic campaigns. That sometimes it's cool, like if a game that it's fun, it it plays fast, and it tells you, well, you have like nine scenarios, and you can modify them in in you know, in difficulty, uh, you know, aspect. I think that's great, and that way the tendency that you're gonna finish the game, the whole game, will be better than you know, or the odds will be better against I don't know. Uh, Gloomhaven that it will take yeah. you a whole year to finish it, right? <laughs> and then some, and then some. Absolutely. So at the moment on, say, Street Masters Aftershock, I'm playing through one of the stories, the, the Aftershock story mode, and that's you know that's an, a, a nice and a relatively small campaign. It's going to be what four or five games long, uh, maybe six games maximum long, and yeah. and that's ideal for a, a game like that. And I'm, I, I, I didn't ask Scotty about whether Contra was a campaign-driven uh, game or whether it was just scenario-based. And even if it was just scenario-based, it would be relatively easy to string two or three scenarios together and come up with a loose campaign for it anyway. So, um, so yeah, I, absolutely. I've got Gloomhaven. You know, I, I've got some of these big campaign games. And recently, <laughs> I, I just got Tainted Grail as well, which is monopolizing a lot of my campaign time as well. So um, Well, we're, we're going to talk about Tainted Grail a little bit. So that was Contra from Black this game absolutely uh, definitely i i will say right now and kind of not blindly because i had my information right now from my friend mark so now i'm more sure even if i was sure now i'm double sure that i will get that game on 2020 uh i will probably pre-order it from my for my for favorite local gaming store i'm sorry which i always encourage you to do that in that way we can support them but um you know besides that you also play tainted grail and you have all the con well most of the content already in youtube you have it on the on the Facebook page. Uh, you're very yeah. active on social media as well. So yep. tell us about Tentagrill. It's, pub it's published by Awaken Realms. Tell us more about that. So, yeah, uh, how this came about is uh, earlier this year, I did a review on Not Board Gaming Nemesis um, by Awaken Realms, which is really sits in one of my top in my top three of board games. I absolutely love Nemesis. And uh, 
so when I went when I was at Essen, I went along to the Awakened Realms uh, stand and had a, a good long chat with Marcin Swierkart, who owns um, Awakened Realms and, of course, is one of the designers of Tainted Grail. And he gave me a review copy of Tainted Grail as well to, to bring home. So I was very excited. I ran back to my yeah. hotel room with uh, with uh, with the game and with the box of the miniatures that came with it. And I set up the solo tutorial uh, scenario, which is just fantastic. It teaches you how to play this game without actually spoiling the game for you. Um, And from the moment I played the solo tutorial, I was hooked. I knew when I got back home, I was going to be able to kind of spend quite a bit of time on this. And Tainted Grail is this big, grandiose adventure, which uh, takes place over 14 chapters. And I think in the box, in the base game box, there is some 40 hours of play within this box itself. Um, And it's set in kind of an Arthurian, so King Arthur type, Celtic type legend, and almost an alternative world. And if you've seen, I don't like linking it to Seventh Continent, but I will do just in terms of uh, in terms of how the gameplay works. Now, Seventh Continent really didn't work for me. I, I, it's, it's not a game I've enjoyed playing at all. But you do mm-hmm. have these tiles in Tainted Grail, which you lay down and then you explore and then you choose your own adventure almost to find which tile you're going to oh. go on to next. Okay. And the, the key driver in Tainted Grail is this big book called the Exploration Journal. And what this does is it drives your decisions. Every tile that you move your characters onto, you then read the appropriate verses within the uh, the exploration journal, and you choose where you what you're going to do next. And the story is branching, and it's wild, and it's expansive, and it's really, really immersive. You're in this otherworldly realm where you're fighting to keep kind of these statues alive that are stopping this thing called the weirdness consuming the land. You're fighting bad guys and, and monsters which are chasing you around the board. And all the while, you're involved in this wonderfully immersive story, which takes, as I say, place over 14 chapters, uh, which is all to do with the Knights of the Round Table, of course, and Camelot. And it's just, for me, it's possibly this year one of my favourite releases this year. I am blown away by the amount of thought and production that went into Tainted Grail. And I'm saying that. As, as also, although it was given as a, a review copy, I'm also a backer as well of the Kickstarter. So I will be getting my copy through at some point as a backer. So I'm really, really pleased to say that as a backer, after playing it for maybe some 30 odd hours now, I think it's just a, a fantastic product. I'm so jealous and I kick myself all the time because, you know, my first uh, Awaken Realm uh, back game, it was actually Etherfield. Um, right. Did they have did they had it there on Essen for a demo or not? <laughs> No, they didn't, no, because it was the Awakened Realms Lite, so they had a few bits of Nemesis for sale, but nothing that, uh, kind of retail box, etc. But they were concentrating on something called Flick of Faith, so it was a, um, which is a a flicking, almost dexterity game, which people seem to love, absolutely love. Um, So no, this was a kind of a, almost a cut down version of the Awakened Realms uh, booth, if you like. Yeah, okay. You know, I feel, I feel, I kick myself because I did him back uh, either Tentagrill or Nemesis. And now, I mean, you know, I recently was talking to my friend Adam Smith from Rolling Solo, and oh, he great. loves, he loves, which, by the way, hi, Adam, great content. Hi, Adam. You know, you know huge <laughs> fan of Adam here. But anyway, um, uh, he, he was telling me that one of his favorites, you know, is Nemesis as well. And, yeah. and now after seeing his videos and, and you know, your content and, and all the stuff, I mean, man, I really want to get my hands on it. Hopefully, hopefully I will get it, you know, I guess until next Gen Con once Awakened Realms you know, 
put them on their booth, hopefully, or, or from yeah. secondhand. But now, now I know, I learned my lesson. So now I see an awakened realms Kickstarter campaign, <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. I'm backing it. I don't care. I, I don't, I don't yeah. even, I don't even need to see what it's about. I'm just backing this, and that's. And it. They've, even, they've got one just about to launch, which is the Great Wall, which is a, this obviously Chinese set, and I think it's a worker placement for one to four. Um, excuse me, one to four players as well. So that's one I'm, I'm definitely going to back when it comes out. But yeah, Nemesis, I can absolutely guarantee that if you love Alien and Aliens and you love, I love the high tension then. experience, yeah, then you're yeah. going to, in fact, when you called me tonight, once the family had gone to bed, I was in the middle of playing a game of, uh, of Nemesis. It, it's something that I get to the table very, very often. Yeah. Oh man. You know, the, the, now the other game that you saw over there that I told you, Hey, if you can do it, get it and send it to US and all that stuff. You know which one I'm talking about. Uh, I do see. It, yeah, it, it's a game. Well, here, here's the thing. This is a. I think I don't have all the information. Probably you can tell me. Uh, you can correct me, Mark. But recently, last year, I think. Yeah, last year, here in US, I'm pretty sure on the world came. Uh, the uh, USopoly or the OP, they released a game about. Uh, it's called Thanos Infinity War. You know, like Thanos, like the Infinity yeah. Wars movie, basically, right? So yep. I don't remember exactly the name of the game, but it's the Thanos, Thanos Rising. Thanos Rising. You, yeah, there we go. Thanos Rising. Yeah, that was a dumb question because yeah, of course, that <laughs> Thanos Rising, and, and it's basically we're rolling the dice like kind of Jatsy mechanic, I guess. We're rolling dice and placing different dice in different cards to destroy the, uh, different enemies. But the 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 game has a very nice mechanic in in the Thanos Rising that also Thanos, besides trying to destroy your heroes. And when he reached a certain number of heroes destroyed, um, he wins. Besides that, he's also getting the infinite stones through uh, another mechanism that give him little pieces of that stone until he completes the stone. And if he fulfills all the stones in the gauntlet, well, he destroys, he makes the snap, and he destroys everything, right? So I yeah. love the game, uh, even if a lot of people, they find that the downside is that if you're playing four players, you had to wait for your turn and this and that. Which for me is not a big deal. I mean, I mean, anyway, when you're waiting, you're trying to plan your strategy, and if you're playing with friends, well, you're always enjoying playing with friends and talking, having a beer or whatever, right? It's not a big deal for me. Uh, but uh, I and I was very excited when I saw online about probably six or seven months ago from USOPOLY that they were releasing what it seems like the same game. But with the Star Wars theme, because once again, as you know, amazing listeners, I'm a huge fan of Batman, but also Star Wars and every everything that is sci-fi. I mean, of course, like Aliens, Back to the Future, all the stuff I love. But what is Batman, Star Wars, and James Bond is probably my top three like things. Uh, you know, so I was very excited when I saw they were doing the game. Uh, you know, with Star Wars theme, which I think is the Dark Side Rising. I think that's what it called. That's um, exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. And. You sent me a very cool, very nice, beautiful promos, which, by the way, I really appreciate it. No and um, so the game is basically it gives me the idea that it's the same, uh, the same game, but rethemed with with Darth Vader, I guess. Uh, yep. And you will have the Star Wars heroes and all the stuff. So did you get to play the game? Did you get at least to see I it and, and see how it, how it works or something? No, not at all. It was behind glass. Oh, so all, you know, so uh, all, all they could tell me was that the game was due to launch um, from Essen about a month and a half after Essen, which would take us to kind of mid-December time. Okay. Um, so, but yeah, it was behind glass. There was no way to actually play the game. So I think if you go on to certainly the Notboard Gaming uh, Facebook channel and certainly on the Notboard Gaming Instagram channel, you may be able to... Uh, 
may be able to you will be able to see some photographs of what some of the components look look like and of course they gave me those promos which i i sent to you as well now i do know that unfortunately for your american listeners it's not launching in the u.s is it i know it's not going to be released other than europe because some licensing issues i think fantasy flight here in america they own their rights uh, for star wars when it's a certain type of board games and when uh, for more family games, I think it's Hasbro who owns yeah. the rights. Um, and, you know, I, I think that's why it was only released on Europe with that license. So yeah. but anyway, and there's ways to, to get it. Like as you said, it's unfortunately that uh, us as Americans, we won't be able to to get it. I don't know if other regions of the world as well, they won't be able to get it. But you can always find it online or things like of that. Or yeah, pay a little absolutely. bit extra shipping, but you can get the game. Now, did you saw the components behind glass? How they look? They look cool. They look. They are. They look cool. I mean, I, I've not played Thanos Rising because, of course, I'm a, a purely solo player. My family don't play board games, and and because I travel, I don't get to have a board game group um, per se. Um, so, so I've not played Thanos Rising, but I have seen pictures of it, of course, and it looks good quality. And same with Dark Side Rising. You know, the Darth Vader in the middle of the uh, in the middle of the board looks fantastic, and uh, and all the various bits bits that go with it. I think. When I send you the copy, you'll be very, very pleased with how it looks. Oh, man, I'm going to be super pleased. Super pleased. I mean, yeah, so <laughs> one, of the, one of the cool things actually about Thanos Rising is that you have this, this Thanos' tattoo in the middle. Uh, you know, he, he seems powerful and everything. And now with that better, once again, you could go and check out those pictures on Instagram of Not Board Gaming and also on Facebook because it looks amazing. And once again, yeah. even if you're here in U.S. like me or Mexico or South America, or Canada, or in a region that the game doesn't get to be released. Anyway, you can get the game just paying a little bit of extra shipping. But I think if you enjoy the experience with Anna Rising, and you love Star Wars like me, and you're excited about the new movie coming on, and the Mandalorian on Disney+, Plus and all the stuff, well, you definitely, definitely, definitely probably will like this game as me. Which other games did you got to play, my friend? Over there. Oh wow! Okay, uh, so I I also played Trickerion as well, which is a Mind Clash Games game with the solo mode by David Turksy, uh, and I got uh-huh. to meet and have a good conversation with David Turksy as He's well. He's amazing, about- right? He's amazing. Oh, what, a, what a fantastic and, and, and prolific solo producer, basically. Yeah, you know, he was yeah. telling me, uh, obviously, um, about his next game, which is coming to Kickstarter next year, called Excavation Earth. Uh, we had a good long chat about that, which just sounds fantastic. It's a, a market manipulation game. And he, he said, you've got to think about this as if aliens came to Earth and these aliens were like Indiana Jones. They were going around and they were taking relics and artifacts and 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 and, uh, and kind of mineral deposits, etc., and then setting up a market to sell them. And it sounds like an amazingly fascinating game. Didn't get to play the game, but we had a good long chat about it, definitely. You know, David Tercia had the opportunity to uh, meet him at Gen Con, which actually we did a live alive uh through a live view i guess through facebook yep. for one of his rolling rolling right games uh and right now he's a great guy by the way david if you're listening hi and he knows that you know i i keep very you know very close contact with him because hopefully in a in a near future episode he will be also talking to us but anyway yep. right now at this moment on kickstarter is live uh uh, Venezia or Venice, Venice. Yeah. You yeah. yeah, Venice. I guess there you go. I was saying in Spanish, Venezia. <laughs> yeah, Venice. Venice is live on Kickstarter right now. Uh, at the time of this recording, it was the first day that it was released. But when you hear to this episode, it's still already beyond the middle of the campaign. Hopefully, at this time, now some stretch goals are unlocked and all the stuff. I already backed this game because you know David Tercy, he's 
probably on my top three, definitely, of solo designers. Uh, yeah. There's a game, a very Euro game, that it's called, not too heavy, but it's called Sierra West, which I love. Uh, well, he did the solo mode for that one, and it's like you having another person playing against you, basically. Yeah. David is great. I mean, we don't need to say we don't need to say about an acronym. You know, fantastic. Yeah, I'm waiting for my very immersive competition to arrive so. next year. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, for me at this point, it's like now I see a David Thursday game on Kickstarter, and well, once again, like back. just yeah, just like Awaken Realms, like I don't even know to know what it is about. Yeah. I don't care if it's about pandas, if it's about aliens. If it's about Western, if it's about James Bond, if it's about Batman, if it's about Marvel, I don't really care. I just back it because I feel like he is great for for that, for doing solo games. And I'm glad that you got to meet him. Um, you know, I wanted to ask you, because also I know some of, some of the complaints from uh, SN attendees, which I listened to another another podcast from Europe, uh, more, uh, more uh, to be exact, from Spain. Uh, and they were complaining that a lot of the big publishers from America, they don't go to to Essen for reasons that I don't know, honestly. I don't know if it's too expensive. I don't know if it's too hard. But for example, you have another companies, like I guess more recently new companies like uh, Gambling Games, the ones from Tiny Epic uh, Games. Yeah. For example, they were there. I just had a conversation with my friend Sam Aho, which he works uh, for the company, which by the yeah. way, we will, have, we will have the Tiny Epic Round 1 episode very, very soon in December. Um, they were there and I was like, you know, that's so great that a lot of publishers from America, they go over there because also they have a lot of fans over there and they can get to sure. meet them. They can get to get the games. Which publishers, who are the biggest publishers over there in Essen that you got to see? Like the big boots. Oh, the big boots. I mean, you're yeah. talking uh, Fantasy Flight were there, but they, they were more, they weren't really selling anything. Of course, you could go there and you could play X-Wing or you could play, uh, they had Marvel Champions before it actually went on sale. Although I think... Uh, mm-hmm. Certainly in the US, Marvel Champions came out to some retailers while Essen was taking place. You had uh, Simon there, or come on, however you want to call them these yeah. days. Uh, uh, so, of course, they were there. You had uh, Czech Edition Games. Um, uh, is it Czech Games Edition? CGE? Yeah, Czech Games Edition. They were there. So, you know, with Vlad Chavattle and Paul Grogan from Gaming Rules. Uh, yeah. So they were there. Uh, you know, the, uh, Chip Theory Games. I know they're not a big, big publisher, of course, but Chip Theory makes some of my favorite games of all time. So it was great to speak to Shannon and uh, uh, and, and Josh Wilgus from uh, from Chip Theory Games. Lots of Cloud Spire there, and of course, Too Many Bones. Uh, and yeah. of, of course, Blacklist, uh, who may not be as big as some of the other uh, some some of the other producers, but certainly, obviously, are making an impact on the solo market as well. So I do think that there was a lot of great and good there um but I do, do you feel like there... do you feel like any polisher was missing over there um that you can tell that can come to your mind right now I, I i can't think i mean i'm sure there were many you know i'm sure people like i don't know maybe WizKids. Uh, i know they're not everybody's uh, cup of tea but something like WizKids was you know wasn't there or i'm sure there were you know publishers that um that weren't there uh, but, but I, I do think that it's, it's good to have the big publishers there but it's also great that there were a lot of small publishers and you know kind of up-and-coming kickstarters and people that were just wanting to produce games and these guys had small booths and those potentially with some of the people that you know, you, you, uh, more people were interested in than going to the kind of come on or the uh, the fantasy flight uh, booths because these smaller publishers were hungrier and more willing to engage with people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, you know, and, and it happens to in Gencon too. I mean, you see, you see, like I had the experience to to do also live streaming 
with a, a new Kickstarter game that is going to be released soon on, I think, on March next year. Animal Catraz is called. But anyway, the the point is like he he actually the guy that brought the game, which very good guy by the way, by the way, Alan, uh, he was sharing the booth with another guy also trying to you know to to show other kicks another his Kickstarter and it was very often that you will see sharing booths like yes. you know these two designers two publishers together just trying to show their new Kickstarter projects and I think that's a very nice window besides yeah. the digital content more like a personal and more like an interact uh, way to you know to get the fans and get more backers and bring those projects alive so I'm very happy to hear and now the other thing is that I hear from from one of my friends, but I want to hear from you now. So when you go to Essen, the convention starts from what? From 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. 10 a.m. Something? Yeah. 10 a.m. 6 p.m. When it ends, what happened? Like there's <laughs> there's more events going on, or is, well, is, uh, yeah, there are certain things that happen. I'm sure that each producer and publisher will go out and do various things. Now I was very, 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 very fortunate on the uh, on the first night. Uh, fairly. Recently, prior to going to Essen, and uh, I struck up a kind of uh, 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 an online friendship, if you like, with Paul Grogan from Gaming Rules. Do you know Paul Grogan and Gaming Rules? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, great guy, by the way. Yeah, fantastic guy. And this guy's forgotten more about board games than I will ever know. Uh, And he invited me out uh, uh, with to to a gathering that he he was holding on the first night. Um, So went to meet him and some other people uh, at a at a uh, at a pub, a bar uh, for some food, and it was just amazing. So I'm, I'm, you know, I'm sat next to Paul Grogan, and then in the room you've got uh, Tom from Slicker Drips, you've got uh, Luke from uh, Broken Meeple. Uh, oh, yeah. And then sat, uh, you'd also got cross, sat across from me, um, Philip, uh, yeah, Philip Nebuk, who de- who's just launched Sanctum uh, as one of his games and also did Goblin Inc. as well. But also on the same table, literally sat across from me, the person who designed my very first board game that I bought this year, a solo living legend. And I got to spend maybe two, two and a half hours chatting to Vladislav Vattel of Mage Knight fame. Of course, yeah, I, was, just... I was I was going to try to guess Vlad, and it's crazy, you know, like when I see when I when I I, I have I haven't had the honor to meet him, but um, you know, or the pleasure. But it's crazy because I see his name like in in this Mage Knight game, which is very epic, very complex. In order to learn, it's almost like a college uh, class, and and you know, and then you see his name in code names. Code names. Yeah, code know, names. It's, it's, it's crazy. I mean, like, how? Like, like I mean, so I guess it's, I guess it's more in the marketing marketing aspect, you know, but you're like, I mean, how? How is this happening, you know? I mean, which Code Names is a good, you know, party game, I guess, family Absolutely. game. Absolutely. But when you compare it to, to Mechanite, it's like, no way. Like, they're nothing. There's nothing to be compared between those two. So, but I uh, think that, that that shows kind of almost the, the kind of essence of, of, of somebody like Vladimir Battle and what they can do is they can come up with a, a wonderfully complex game which almost defines the solo era like Mage Knight and then something like Through the Ages. But also they come up with a concept that is so simple like code names. You see that and you think, why did nobody think of that before? And, yeah, you know, and, yeah. and, and, and and they were telling me this story about how it suddenly caught this wave, how they weren't sure they were going to release it. It was just a smallish game and they took it to a convention. I can't remember which one. And suddenly, as they were walking around the halls of this convention, everybody was playing code names. At that point, they then knew that, of course, they'd got uh, something kind of unique on their hands. And of course, everybody, I, th- I think gamers and non-gamers all know code names now. Yeah, no, I, I actually, honestly... 
I don't have it in my collection, but I want to have it in my collection because I know sometimes I have guests and, you know, people that they're not very into board games. So those yeah. are easy games that you can, you can, you know, put them on the table and basically everybody can play and everybody can learn and everybody can have a, a nice and fun experience. So what about, you know, like here, for example, in Gen Con, you, it, one of the nice things that I really like from the convention is like you are 24-7, let's call it, for those four days gaming right yeah like you have the exhibition area but there's also a lot of exhibition rooms or hall rooms that they are booked just to be open the whole night and people can stay literally all night they're playing either either rolling uh, role player games or board games or whatever you can play 24 7 and just stay and then next day go to the convention of course that's yeah. not the ideal situation because at least you're gonna go and you want to go and have a shower or something right um but um So in Essen, is it the same no, or, is, or is more like it's closed and everybody go to their hotel or whatever? And that's, that's it. exactly it. Yeah. So there are relatively few spaces and tables around where people can actually play uh, their purchases or, or test their games, etc. Uh, okay. Generally, what will happen is it runs from 10 till six o'clock uh, and then at six o'clock, people go back either to bars or to hotels and continue playing there. But no, the, the exhibition center kind of. You know, there's, it's not set up in the same way as, as how you say Gen Con is. There aren't lots of separate rooms for playing. Yeah. Okay. And you know, this is a good a good topic that I wanted to bring into the to the conversation because, of course, uh, probably you amazing listeners are thinking like, well, you know, like if you're like me, like I want to attend to my first essay. In that way, you get an idea of, or of what to expect, right? Like uh, I also know that, or it has a tendency that there's a lot of or most of the of the games that you will see on on Essen are Euro games. Uh, do you feel like it was like that? Like most of the games are Euro games uh, mechanic wise or even yeah. or it was not really like it was like uh, a little bit of everything. The, I mean, the, obviously, the, the entire spectrum is represented, but it is very Euro focused because, you know, a lot of the European manufacturers make sure yeah. European publishers make Euro games. Uh, yeah. So it is very Euro focused. But, you know, you will still get kind of action games and I hate the term merry trash, but you will still get kind of action games and, yeah. and, and kind of collection games, etc. So, uh, you know, the fact that Awaken Realms are there, although their next release is a, is a Euro, or the fact that were games like something called Zona, which is a kind of post-apocalyptic uh, game that's definitely not a Euro game there, which I didn't get to play, but it looked fantastic. Uh, so, yeah, but there is a heavily uh, heavy skew towards kind of, you know, the, the, the Euro titles. But, but even so, I would say for anybody on the fence about going to Essen is a it is first of all a wonderful experience for four days uh, you know I, I was in gaming heaven if you like speaking to many many different people and experience a wide wealth of uh, of games that I probably would never get the chance to have a look at at any other point as well mm -hmm. and secondly um if you're nervous about going I went on my own You know, I was there for kind of five days in Germany, if you like, four days at the exhibition. I went on my own. Do not be afraid. If you've got nobody to go with, go go by yourself. That's good to hear. Yeah. People. Yeah. Because people will absolutely take the time to stop and talk to you and make you feel welcome. That's great. You know, because I actually, um, you know, I feel like that's a very important thing that you just brought. And that's great to hear because sometimes. You know, when 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 people in this, any situation, right, like you don't have friends either because you are new in town or just because, you know, for any reason you want to call it. 
or you don't have you don't have friends that they share the hobby with you sometimes it will be hard like to be like well i don't want i don't know if i should go because i don't want to be the weird one alone or i don't want to feel alone i won't have anybody to talk about and it's almost kind of the same experience with somebody live you know alone and they don't want to go to a movie theater or a restaurant because it yeah. will, so everybody will look you like I guess it has that stigma, like you feel like everybody will look you weird. But let me tell you, I just went to the movie theater not too long ago by myself, and it was one of the best experiences ever. Yeah, right. <laughs> so I definitely recommend you to do that. But anyway, it's good to hear your experience that you know you went by yourself and you still met a lot of people, you still had fun. And I always tell, like in this hobby, people are very friendly. So that's that's great that you brought that to the conversation, Mark. In that way, sure. it motivates more. Uh, all of you friends and that are in that situation or myself as well, because one of my dreams is also go to Essen and experience it. Now, my other question would be, how much, here's another question, how much do you think an average gamer had to take to spend in Essen? Just, oh, wow. Just for the convention. Uh, just for the okay. convention. Uh, not buying games, you mean? Just no, 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 no. Uh, of no, course no. buying games, but I mean, I'm, I'm not talking about hotel I'm not okay, about, just for the convention itself. Like just so games. It, it depends on, first of all, whether you're flying or driving. Uh, obviously, I flew there, so therefore the amount of games and product that I could buy was limited by how much I could get on the plane. I know yeah. some people from the UK uh, obviously drove, and it, therefore the amount of product they could get was limited by uh, how much they could put in the in the kind of boot or trunk of their car, if you like. Yeah. So for yeah. me, uh, you know, I made I bought Tricarian for about 130 euros. I bought Maracaibo for 60 euros. And by the way, Maracaibo is a fantastic, fantastic game. Okay. Um, so I, I, I think I probably spent around about 300 euros on the games. Um, okay. So maybe 350 euros on the games. So what's that? That's about about 320 pounds. So about 450 dollars. You know, and and I, I just about get everything back in my suitcase and in my backpack so I could get it on the plane. So it's around about kind of, you know, kind of $400, $450, something like that if you're flying. Then you get the food aspect as well. And um, let me tell you this thing about Essen. I'm, I don't eat meat. I, I eat fish, but I'm a, uh, so I'm a pescatarian, but I don't eat meat. And Germany's not a great country to go to if you don't <laughs> I was eat going, meat. <laughs> I was trying to say, yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of sausage and everything, and it's very good. You know, so. I'm, I'm, it all smelled great and looked great, but I had some of the worst veggie burgers I think I've ever had in my life there. The rest of the food looked fantastic, though. So, uh, But I would <laughs> say that if you are going, do be prepared to go to some kind of supermarket or some some kind of super, uh, some kind of market and, and buy food before you go, because it's a little bit expensive and some of the queues can be horrendous as well. Well, that's another great advice. You know, if you're a vegetarian or, or if you just don't eat meat, well, be, be prepared probably with something else, an alternative, because... I would say that most, I, I would think that 90% of the of the German cuisine, I guess, is based on meat. And yep. I had a very, I had a very good experience when I was in North Dakota in U.S. Uh, and I went to a very uh, authentic, well, they call it authentic, a uh, German restaurant, and I loved everything about it. <laughs> you know, all the sausages, the meat, everything. And I, I'm pretty sure if I go to Essen next year, I will come back with not only a lot of a lot of weight in games also a lot of weight in in you know gain in my body because i know i will eat like crazy and i will also the beer of course in germany well you want to enjoy their craft beer over there of course so, yeah I, I mean, how is it was is, is it good 
Uh, well, I had to do it, obviously, only in the evenings when I was back at my hotel because I was driving. And, and that's another unfortunate thing that if you don't book your hotel room soon enough, you know, you're either going to catch a very long public transport journey or you're going to have to drive. And with me driving, I didn't I didn't partake in the beer until the evening when I was back at the hotel. But yes, absolutely. Some of the uh, some of the uh, the kind of uh, the ales they were producing there are, are are divine, absolutely divine. Yes. Yeah. And of course, I, I, I mean, I guess just to talk briefly. Of course, I mean, it, it, even if in Europe it's kind of a little bit pricey to move to another country, like in this case, Mark, that you, fl that you went from England now to, uh, to Essen, of course it's going to be pricey from America, you know, to, to sure. go over there, which I know a lot of, a lot of fellow Americans, they go over there. But it's definitely, it's definitely an experience that I want to try, like I said yeah, multiple times during the episode. Now, do you, do you, after your first experience, Mark, Do you recommend Essen? Do you recommend if, if you get to meet more gamers, will you recommend go to Essen at least once, once every a few years or something? Absolutely, it's kind of whetted my appetite. I think that you know you could go for the day and have a great time, but you're not going to see even a fraction of it in a day. Uh, I would say try and make the most of the experience and go there. You know, um, I definitely want to come along to Gen Con, maybe next year to Gen Con and, and, and see how, you know, a uh, uh, how a large kind of gaming exhibition operates in the States as well. So absolutely, I would say, you know, make the effort, go to Essen. Uh, my plan is to go next year. And for anybody that's going on their own, I will say, you know, follow me on Facebook or follow Not Board Gaming on Facebook or on Instagram. And if you're nervous about going on your own, I'm more than happy to kind of meet you at Essen and walk around with you until you get kind of you know, kind of the feel of things, if you like. Yeah. Uh, so don't be afraid of going on your own. I will be more than happy to be kind of a helping hand in your first initial few hours there. That's very nice from you, Mark. In that way, you you already listen to amazing friends. If you're a little bit shy, well, just contact Mark and he will he will help you as a tourist guide over there in Essen. In that way, you don't feel <laughs> alone by yourself. Mark, <laughs> from zero to ten, Essen experience. Wow. Um, let's say 20. 20. Okay. <laughs> I like that answer. What you didn't did that you regret? I didn't get to play enough games. I think that was it. I, you know, the games I played were generally ones that I, I was thinking I was going to buy anyway. So, which I, I generally did with Trakirion and, and Maracaibo. Um, what I would have liked to do, uh, and probably will do next time, is now I've got the first experience out of the way, is plan it a little bit better and rather than spending kind of four days trying to meet more people is at least have a day where I can just go around and play games. And that's what I will be doing next time. What about the city and Essen? Is it a small city? We talk about it, but is there a lot to do like outside of the convention, I guess? So out, directly outside within about five minutes walk of the, uh, the convention center, there are loads of bars and restaurants and cafes, etc. So the small amount of time I spent out there, it looked like a very, very nice and almost picturesque German city. Um, so I would say that, yeah, or German town, I think it's more of a town than a city. Uh, so I would say that if you are staying there, you're not going to be bored of things to do and chances are if you're staying in Essen for Spiel then at your hotel are going to be other gamers anyway so yeah, if you're not out in a bar or having a, rest, having a meal at a restaurant you're going to be playing games with people in the hotel lobby so yeah there's enough to do definitely because of course as, as an uh, I mean for, for example for me going all the way from the other side of the world uh, if I go if I happen to go to Essen I will take the advantage probably to get more days to, you know, to explore around Germany or go to uh, sure. France or whatever 
Um, in, in, of course, you could always come to, to the UK you. before. Yeah, I was you're more than welcome to, to stay in Sheffield with me, and then we'll head to Essen together. Yes, I already told you that I'm a James, a huge James Bond <laughs> fan. So <laughs> definitely, I want to go. I want to go to uh, to the UK and you know and, and go and show my respects to the Queen and all the stuff. But <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, it's 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 also you know like a lot of people when they come to GenCon, I know people from Spain they come to GenCon here. And they usually came for two weeks or three weeks in the weekend. They can travel around the U.S. and they, they finally yeah. land in Indianapolis, Indiana, and they go to GenCon. So for, for, for Germany, I guess for, for the Essen spiel, it will be the same. So it's good to hear that even in that small town of Essen, you know, you have this very nice, uh, picturesque town of Germany, like very, I guess, I can imagine the houses and all the stuff, like very, very to German. And, uh, and also the, the bars and the restaurants, which they're not far away from, from the convention sure. as well. Let me tell you, Mark, that you got me very excited, and I'm already have a foot in the plane to go uh, to, to SN next year. So, and I'm pretty sure I've, a lot of you amazing friends, amazing listeners, are like, man, I really want to go to SN next year. And so, and I, and I hope you do. And you know, if if you're listening to this podcast and you're, uh, you know, here in US or in you in Canada, hey, contact me, and we can we can do the the flight group, you know, and just let's meet somewhere and fly together and have a, a, a full experience of solo BG and not board gaming over there in Essen and let's, let's conquer Germany together. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, that sounds like a good plan to me. Yeah. I, I don't know if, 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 my, if my friends from Germany are going to, are going <laughs> to allow us or be happy if we conquer them, but you know, hey, we, let's, let's share some games. When I say conquer, it's like in a board game and then, you know, yeah. and then from, from there, <laughs> Mark, thank you very much for your time tonight, my friend. I hope this is the first of many, many, many episodes that we will record together. I know we already talked about doing some episodes about certain games together, and I'm really looking forward, uh, you know, to have more uh, interactions with Noteboard Gaming, with Mark. I'm looking forward, why not, to be in a YouTube video of Noteboard Gaming and, you know, and to do more things together. And, and thank you so much, Mark. Anyway, you know, in, in general, I'm so happy for your life. I'm so happy for all that you, I mean, you went through difficult things and I'm happy that you already are perfectly fine. And I'm happy that you, uh, you know, jump into this hobby. I hope I'm happy that you went to Essen and I wish all the best for Noteboard Gaming. Remember to follow Mark in Noteboard Gaming in your social medias, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Check out their YouTube content is great. The unboxing that he does, the playthrough that he does. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm a very, uh, I'm not ashamed to say I'm a very energetic person. And I try to, in everything that I do, I try to put all my energy and passion. And when I do the podcast, I do it with a lot of energy and passion. Well, you will find that kind of same mystic and essence uh, with, with Mark because he does it in a very different way, of course, but with a lot of energy and I hope it stays like that, you know, for 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 the life of Noteboard Gaming. And Mark, it's great. It's great, the content that you make. Derek, thank you very much. This has been a, a fantastic experience. And thank you very much for your support over these last few months. Uh, you know, I think um, uh, the solo board gaming genre is growing. The amount of people at Essen and publishers at Essen that had solo modes and, solo, and purely solo games was fantastic. And uh, trust me, your podcast was absolutely instrumental in, in, in kind of moving me along to wanting to become a content creator. So thank you for your guidance, your support and your energy as well. No, well, that's that's I feel I feel flattered and honored. So thank you, my friend. And to all of you, friends, remember to follow with Solo BG Podcast as well. 
on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, I'm sorry, at SaltLobG Podcast. Remember that this podcast is available wherever, wherever podcasts can be streamed. That means iTunes, Spotify, TuneIn, Google Play, Stitcher, uh, Amazon Play, iHeartRadio, iVox, wherever you listen to podcasts, this podcast is available. Share it with your friends. And like always, remember... For victory, go tell your friends. Till next time, see you through the speaker and at the tabletop.